Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode of the Money with Clay podcast. We have some personal skills, some personal interaction data that I believe, and I'm definitely talking to myself here, can be very, very beneficial because believe it or not, I am shy by nature. I am, I don't want to say awkward because I can I can have a conversation, at least I don't think I'm awkward. I think I can have a conversation, but if I'm going out into public, I am not the person that's going to approach you and be like, hey, just, if you approach me, like I said, I'm not awkward, I can have a conversation, but I'm not totally outgoing, I'm actually quite shy. And I saw this and I thought, you know what? This would probably be something worth digging more into. And it definitely was, after reading through it, there were some things that I took away from it and maybe you can take some things away from it too. Because the whole idea of the podcast, if maybe you're new, is you know let's just take control of our finances, let's take control of our wealth, and let's just take control of our life. And that's all fine and dandy, that's, that's good stuff, but also you need some actual application. Okay, that's great, you say all that stuff, Clay, but how do you actually take control? How do you actually improve? How do you actually put yourself in a better position? And this is one of these articles that, you know, give some insight into taking kind of the theory of things of, you know, the soundbite, and it's a great soundbite. Hey, take control of your life. Hey, take control of your finances. Hey, let's build wealth. All right, that's all sounds great. But how do you actually do those sorts of things? And one of the ways you do them is, well, you make yourself valuable. Okay, that's kind of another soundbite though, but how do you make yourself valuable? And that's where this article comes into play here. So this comes from CNBC. And the title is, A Psychologist Shares the Number One Skill You Need to Succeed at Work. And then it has nothing to do with technology. So the number one skill you need to you know, succeed at work. And why would you wanna succeed at work? Well, that's one of those things where if you succeed at work, if you succeed uh, you know, just really at anything in terms of a situation where you're generating revenue for yourself, where you're bringing in money, well, well, that would be a good thing, right? That's something that you would want to succeed at. So that's what really caught my, uh, you know, th- thought is, okay, yeah, how do I succeed at work? Now, sure, I, I, I am my own boss, I run my own company and stuff like that, but still, that is work. And if I can, you know, get away that makes me that much more successful at it, that would be a good thing. So picking up here with the article, technology has enabled workplace perks that often seem to make our jobs easier, like the ability to work remotely or the ease of sending someone a message via Slack rather than having to track them down. But the most important skill you need in order to succeed has nothing to do with technology. Why? Because becoming too dependent on it to connect with others will ultimately lead to a lack of presence. Studies have found that being present and flexing your social intelligence is the foundation for all other skills at work and it can help boost your career more than anything else. So the next main header here, showing up is key. When you don't make an effort to physically be in the room, feedback gets misinterpreted, offering meaningful praise and insights to those around you becomes more challenging and people aren't able to see how calm you remain in times of crisis or how helpful you are to new colleagues. The list goes on and on. More importantly, showing up allows you to start establishing executive presence. It's a misconception that execution or that ex- executive presence is about commanding a room. Power results from your ability to tune into the needs of the people around you and in order to be effectively or excuse me, and in order to effectively decode the emotional clues your coworkers reveal daily, face-to-face time is required. So that's actually really good points. 
And you know, for my business, it's it is all through the online. It's through the airwaves. You know, this podcast as an example. But how are you doing at work in regards to that? Are you somebody that just ah, I'm not going to go to that. I'll just shoot an email or ah, yeah, I, I I have a choice, but I'm just going to and then insert some bit of technology that removes your presence. If your presence is just an email, a Slack message, a text message, uh, you know, just some sort of thing where you're not there other than words that people are reading, then that does make sense. And coming from a psychologist, you know that, again, if this person was uh, something that not didn't involve in the human mind and human perception and all that, well, that's not something else. But I mean, let's keep in mind the context here. This is coming from uh, you know, a psychologist that studies the human mind. That is their that is their job. That is what they've learned to do. So that does make sense, I guess. Now that they say it, I'm, I would say, okay, yeah, I, I knew that already. But I really didn't know it because I, I never really thought about it before. But just simply showing up, showing people that, yeah, you know what? Watch, watch me. Not you don't show up with that intent. But if you do show up, then you're going to display much more than what can be displayed in an email or any bit of technology. So, I mean, definitely some beneficial stuff there. So picking back up the article, here are some essential tips on how to master the skill of quote unquote being present. So this is good stuff, being present, okay? Once again, a sound bite. All right, being present, yeah, that, that sounds good, but what does that actually mean? So number one, show up to meetings. If you're expected to be at a meeting, be there and be on time. Consider taking handwritten, consider taking handwritten so it's clear that you'll fully engage. Wait, consider taking Handwritten, I, I think that's a typo. Now that I'm reading, I read through a verse, I didn't catch it, but consider taking handwritten so it's clear that you're fully engaged and not checking emails on your phone. Um, yeah, I think editor, you might have missed that one. I'm not sure what that sentence even means now. Consider taking handwritten so it's clear that you're fully, must, they, I think they left out the word notes. Consider taking handwritten notes so it's clear that you're fully engaged and not checking emails on your phone. There we go. That would make sense. So editor, if you happen to listen to this, you uh, pretty sure you're missing the word notes in there. So yeah, take some notes. Not only are notes going to help you out, not only are they gonna force you to listen, force you to pay attention, but they're also going to illustrate to others. Again, it's not necessarily, it's more of a secondary side effect, right? I mean, think about it. Because you wanna force yourself to pay attention, because you wanna be well-informed, you're going to take notes, all good things. But then the, the secondary, kind of the byproduct of all that is all of a sudden, as this uh, psychologist points out, that's also going to be very clear to other people, oh wow, that they're paying attention. I mean, they're not checking their phone, I mean, they're literally taking notes. Now, taking notes though, I'm not sitting there saying scribbling, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, action scene from your favorite movie or, you know, scribbling down some beautiful trees and a flower and a meadow. No, nothing like that. Taking notes about what the meeting's actually about. Picking back up, if you need to dial in from a remote place, put your device down and turn unnecessary alerts and ringers off. Then pay attention and actively participate in the conversation. It's all too easy to zone out when you're not physically in the room. All good points. Some of those, I, I would hope is common sense. Turn off alerts, turn off your, your you know, all the noises on your phone. But that is, that is a great point. It is a whole lot easier to not zone out if you are in the room physically and taking notes. If you do that, you're gonna force yourself to pay attention and people that pay attention 
are valuable, myself included as a business owner. For, for me to pay attention, that would be a good thing. So the question becomes, okay, well, how do you pay attention? Are there any ways that you can force yourself to pay attention? And like this says, just take notes. Show up and take notes. And the, the, you know, the secondary effects, those byproducts, are really gonna work themselves out. Number two, monitor your mood, facial expressions, and body language. When you sit with a colleague or boss and actively pay attention with all your senses on an almost, ir an almost irresistible force takes place. Your presence brings the other person in, inviting them to sit up truly to be in the moment with you. So remember, to make eye contact, silence your internal chatter, listen deeply, and relax into the moment. When you send the right signals, people will take notice of you and your work. As a result, your chances of getting a promotion or being chosen to lead a prime project will be much higher. I can't get ahead in life. I just am stuck. I can't insert blank of why you're not making any progress. You know what? A lot of people just don't do this sort of thing. As common sense it would be to, okay, how about you show up and you show up on time? How about when you show up, you actually think about the way you are portraying yourself? So that's great if you show up, or that's not great, excuse me. I mean, that's good that you show up on time and that you actually show up and that you're physically present. Those three things. But, I mean, they can, I mean, it would probably be a hindrance, actually. It'd probably be better if you did the exact opposite, if you did all three of those things, but then you show up grumpy or you you know your facial expressions your body language tells everybody i do not want to be here so if that's the case then that's your choice that's fine do that but you can't have it both ways you can't also then go home and complain to your family and friends and anybody that's listening i can't get ahead in life my work is terrible they don't like me there they will never promote me i can't make any progress well you know what i, I would say that you're companies doing what they should do. Because would you, I mean, put yourself in their shoes. If somebody shows up on time, they're present in the room and they actually just show up, but then they're grumpy and they're just, you can tell their body language. Wow. They do not want to be here. I mean, what kind of, is that going to still any confidence? Would that make you want to actually promote them? Of course not. So in any situation, body language, facial expressions, your mood, even if they fake it, and I, I realize it's harder said than done. Um, I mean, sometimes, uh, I was gonna say, sometimes I've had to fake it on these podcasts, meaning, or being, but no, I've never faked it. Like, I, I enjoy doing these. I like to be here, so I can't ever say that I showed up dreading to do one of these, because this is fun. Uh, but yeah, sometimes in life, I'm I'm kind of blanking on an example, but you just gotta show up, and maybe you're not in the mood that you portray yourself to be, but you know what, in certain settings, it's probably better that you not even show up rather than show up and have some sort of really bad attitude. Number three, and this is one that I, I'm not really that good at, but make small talk. Initiating casual conversations, even if they're unrelated to work, can make a huge difference in establishing presence. Here's an example from my work as a clinical psychologist and executive coach. Jason, who works in commodities, received negative feedback during his performance review. People on the trading floor viewed him as self-involved, dismissive, and arrogant. This shocked him. Digging deeper into the disconnect between his self-appraisal and how others viewed him, Jason related that he was actually very shy. He wasn't comfortable initiating conversation. Being very efficient, he also underestimated the value of a little small talk. I asked Jason if I could walk with him as he left his corner office to grab a coffee. 
As we walked, I saw that Jason was constantly looking at his phone. He made no eye contact and completely missed the efforts those around him were making to catch his attention. His colleagues read his oblivion as a personal sub or snub, excuse me. So Jason decided to make some changes. Trips to the bathroom became opportunities to have chats, to actually see, speak to, and be present with others on the return journey. Equipped with a reminder to make small talk and learn about what his coworkers cared about, Jason's natural humor, once you got to know him, shone through. Now, when asked about him, the folks on the trading floor describe him as a trusted ally. That is good stuff right there. And that is the catch-22 of being efficient. Of just, you know what? No, no, I, I want to get stuff done. I'm here to grind. That is, that is true, but it's oh such a fine, fine balancing act because to me, I'm more in the camp of, hey, listen, if I don't talk to you, it's nothing personal. I like you. I'm just, I'm here to, I'm here to work. I'm here to get it done. Let's just grind. But now that I read this and putting yourself in another person's shoes, I can, wow, what a jerk. Clay, I mean, he won't even ask me how my day, I mean, he's just no small talk at all. So from their perspective, oh yeah, I, I can see that. Now, I, I mean, my intent was, I'm just here to grind. I'm here to get stuff done. But from that point of view, wow, so self-absorbed. So just, he, he, I mean, he almost thinks he's better than everybody. He, he, I mean, what a jerk. Small talk. And small talk, I mean, like I said, I'm not the most outgoing person. I am shy. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely driven, but this is stuff that is very helpful to me. I need to be aware of that. Is just because in your mind, in your, you know, because you know, you know your intent, doesn't mean that other people know your intent. And once more, one of those situations where, yeah, thanks, Captain Obvious. But I don't know. I, I guess I'm just stupid because I never quite thought that. Is my desire to just be as efficient as possible, to get stuff done, and to want to just grind and hustle can and will cause other people to be like, Clay, what, I mean, what a jerk. So, I mean, keep that in mind. Are, are you somebody where you're kind of swinging too far to the side of ambition and grinding and getting stuff done? Balancing act, because if you swing too far to the other way, where all you do is small talk and you don't grind, you don't work hard, you don't want to get stuff done, well, now all of a sudden, you're what? You're just lazy, right? You're just a bum. You're, nobody likes you because all he does is talk. He won't leave me alone. She won't leave me alone. They just talk, super nice person, hilarious person. They are fantastic to talk with, but they talk too much and nothing gets done. So that balancing act. So my question to you would be, where do you stand on that balancing act? You know, something that needs to be considered for sure. And then it goes on to talk about all this stuff about remote, uh, working remotely. But the big takeaway here were those, really that small talk thing, but all three, I mean, how do you get ahead? How can you start to take control of uh, your life in, from, from an appointment standpoint? Be involved, or as this article says, be present. And present means in a very literal sense, well, be there physically. And I like those you know, little kind of tricks. When you take notes, not only are you forcing yourself to pay attention and just stay involved, but you're also indirectly showing to other people there, oh wow, all right, this, you know, Billy, Susie, they're here to play ball. They're, they're here to take stuff serious. They're, they're definitely paying attention. And then have the facial expressions, your mood, your body language. Make sure you keep that in mind. And then, of course, having small talk. And, you know, even if you're shy, like I said, myself, that's, that's not necessarily the easiest thing. Um, but 
all it takes is just one little question. Just one little, and you know, little things like that can go a long, long way. So I thought this was a great article, uh, short and to the point, but those three little bullet points, and to me at least, they hit hard and there's things that I can relate to and that I, I realize I still need to continue to work on. Um, I wanna be as present as possible and I wanna just make sure that uh, you know, I, I continue to, to, to move upwards you know, taking a step back from more of the, the business side of points, even just from a, from a dad perspective, being a, a father of four kids, yeah, you know what? If I show up and I'm, I'm there and my kids wanna play with me and I'm sitting there, but my body language or my facial expressions are, are showing just me being, uh, not necessarily grumpy, but my mind being on other things because I'm thinking about work or I'm thinking about, oh, a new business idea. I mean, how are my kids gonna feel about that? I'm like, my dad's, yeah, he's here right now. He's physically present but he's not, being a, he's not doing a good job of being present because his mind's on all those other things. So, I mean, body language, facial expressions, I, 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 those are the big things that you know, I took away from, you know, given I, I do you know, work online and all that. So, I mean, from a, me, because I'm definitely not a parenting expert, but just something else to keep in mind from a, for those of you that listen that are, that are parents or maybe uh, would, would like to be a parent someday, or I mean, not even a parent, maybe you're an aunt or an uncle. You know what, there you go. Little things like that. When you're when you can be present, it also gives you the opportunity to, you know, influence those uh, people that are younger than you. And if you listen to this podcast, then I'm very confident that you're going to be wanting to influence them in wise ways. Not, hey, you know what? You see that credit card, 22% interest. That's a good thing. Or don't worry about it. You know, you got to keep up with the Joneses. Just no. I, I I would I firmly believe that the people that are fans of this would influence and would give quality advice to people younger that will listen. But if you want people that are younger to listen to you, well, you gotta make yourself present. And how do you make yourself present? Well, this psychologist I thought did a great job at that. So get out there, make yourself present and make yourself present in an effective way. And then, you know what? I have a sneaking suspicion that it'll be amazing how all of a sudden Life isn't rigged against you. Your job isn't rigged against you. All of a sudden, you start to see progress. You start to see maybe a promotion. You start to see more responsibility. Because it's weird how kind of things like that work out. So get out there, put these three tips in motion, and get to it and start to make yourself more valuable.